This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode with Inspiring Design with me, Rashan Senanayake. Um, today we have a very special guest, Jessie Hughes. She's uh, an internationally recognized Australian new media artist and VR filmmaker. And um, let me tell you a quick background on herself. She's created some innovative media works for massive global brands and tech giants, including Oculus. Adobe and her VR experiences have been exhibited in Sundance and Cannes film festivals around the world. She's constantly traveling the world, being involved with some major clients such as Facebook California, um, the International Rescue Committee, and heaps of local clients, um, even in Australia, like the State Library of Queensland. All this, and she's only 24. And to be honest with you all, it was quite difficult for me to get Jessie in front of the microphone simply because of her ridiculously busy schedule. So we're very lucky to have her here. And welcome, Jessie. Thanks for chatting with us today. Hi, thanks for having me. My pleasure. And uh, can you start off with giving a quick background of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's a hard <laughs> question to answer. Um, typically, I would say that I'm a creative technologist. Um, so my professional background is in interactive design, interaction design, visual design. Um, and in the past few years, it's really become... Um, a field of experimenting with how we can be using new media, digital media, um, and just emerging technologies um, in a creative, um, yeah, in a creative application. Whether that's through art, whether it's through film, but typically most of my work is with a social um, social impact. So I'm driven by how can we use technology um, to create large scale, uh, real real social impact. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane, and I, I noticed that a new media artist, so I'm assuming <laughs> VR and all these new technologies is part of all that, is that right? Yeah, so, so new media art, I, it's, it's a big broad one, um, so I started off like a bit of programming back in uni, and um, it was really exciting to see that what's, what's possible from um, yeah, a creative perspective of how you can be using technology, um, and then twisting it on its head and opening up this whole world of um, endless possibilities, whether that's body tracking and having that then impact another element or, um, you know, you, you're able to use variables in the world. I did a lot of uh, data visualization for a solar observatory a few years back. Wow. Um, and it was beautiful being able to take hard data, um, which is a spreadsheet of numbers, and turn it into, you know, an, an artwork, which people can connect with on an emotional level. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's an exciting time um, to have access to all this technology and seeing what can we do with it, how can we push it, um, yeah, what other applications can we have. That's great. And I'm, I'm assuming your job title, like that new media <laughs> artist or VR filmmaker, probably didn't exist five, ten years ago. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I remember being in high school um, and I thought I wanted to be a digital publisher because that's what my... Um, 
uh, Korea uh, lady, so, you know, said, she was like, oh, you probably want to be a graphic designer. And so <laughs> I ended up going into, um, yeah, my design degree and I had one look and I was like, I am not a graphic designer, <laughs> but it was, I was so happy to be um, exposed to this whole world of design can be so much more and it is so much more. And I finally found where I stand in the design space. And for me, that's as um, professionally as a design strategist. So how can we look at a social issue, understand why that social issue is happening and then come up with design solutions that are truly going to solve that and hopefully make the world a better place. Wow. I'm seriously (laughs) impressed with what you achieved with your age. But uh, can you give us a quick um, background on what you did with Oculus? Yeah, absolutely. So um, back in 2016, um, Oculus launched an incredible program. It's called VR for Good. Um, And so what they did, they paired 10 uh, not-for-profits with 10 filmmakers um, to see how we could use virtual reality as a tool to create um, social impact or or social change. Um, And I was incredibly fortunate to be among the first cohort of VR for Good Filmmakers. And at that time, I was 22 years old and they flew me to Facebook headquarters and Zuckerberg was like on the story above us. And it was honestly, it was one of the most just, uh, just awe inspiring days of my life. And, um, yeah, we were being trained by the leaders in, um, the leaders in VR. We had, um, uh, yeah, we, we had like Gabba who works for the United Nations VR program. Um, we had, giant heads at Facebook and Oculus teaching us about this incredible technology that was, yeah, 2016 was a, was a fun time because it was starting to become, um, like a commercial, yeah, like a commercial thing that people could have and people could access. And, um, yeah, so the whole project, so we ended up going to Guatemala and, and we made a beautiful film about, um, solar energy poverty that's happening and, um, the not-for-profit that I work for distributes solar lights. And so just working, out in the field, um, (laughs) literally four hours away from any nearest town was, we had to have hire a generator to run our camera, to run our computer. Um, yeah, it was an incredible experience and the success that came from VR for good, um, has just been growing and growing in the, the next years they uh, ended up expanding the creator lab. Um, now you've got their competitors like HTC, they run, um, VR for impact. You've got, it's just been really exciting to see all these massive technology companies, these, these giants being like, we want to use our technology for good. Let's yep. see what we can do. And, yep. um, yeah, they're going for it. So wow. <laughs> I'm seriously impressed by the amount of knowledge that you just have given in this first five minutes even. So let's jump into this. One of the biggest questions that I always get with um, from teachers, schools, uh, universities, or even in the industry, there's a lot of um, clarification that's required yes. around all these new technology, especially with VR, AR, MR, XD, all these different um, mainstream terms that, you know, popular terms yeah. that are happening, especially more and more. Can you give us a little bit of can you clarify those terms for us? Like what's I will VR? try. I will try to. So, um, yeah, it's been funny to watch the evolution and these definitions kind of change and evolve. I think they are still changing and evolving. 
Right now, my interpretation of it goes like this. So you have XR, which means extended reality, and that's kind XR, of... XR, not XD. I just... Yeah. <laughs> They're very confusing. There's so many. There There's go. many, many. Um, so extended reality um, is the branch term. And so that includes, say, virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, um, and I'm sure it's just continuing to grow. Yeah. Um, so VR is the space that I typically am involved, with, involved in, um, and that... It's about immersing people in these virtual worlds. So immersing someone entirely in an environment. Um, we do it through a VR headset. So you put on the headset and you are within a world that you know you otherwise wouldn't be, which is just it's incredible the possibilities that you know are yeah, the possibilities are really endless um, with it as a technology. Um, then you've got augmented reality. So if you've got kids in your class who have got their Snapchat filters up, that is what AR is. Um, so it's about using the real world and then overlaying information on top of that, so augmenting that space. Um, AR is really taking off at the moment. Phones are building it into like just coming with the phones now and you've got all of these apps that have just introduced AR integration. So I think it's definitely a really exciting space. I'm sure you as teachers are going to have to start fighting all these students in their Snapchat worlds. But anyway. I've, I've actually noticed that even Facebook Messenger, Skype, yeah, they yeah. all have that um, filter system for that augmented people reality. People enjoy it. People are engaging with it. And I think that's a thing that's, ex again, exciting with these emerging technologies is it is fun. And if something is fun, people are going to engage. And so it's how you can use that that engagement you can create a positive experience but then how can we go deeper like how can we create impact with that in a positive way and you say influence people to um, be kinder or go forward or make a certain decision so I feel like yeah. this is a this is a great tool to help people understand and empathize with someone on the other side of the world especially in a design context if they're um, trying to understand what an end user might be or, or, or how what a space might feel like before they even break ground. Entirely. The applications that I have seen of VR, I just, they, it's from the furthest space in terms of engineering or architecture or, you know, that space up until medicine and solving P, um, PTSD and, you know, all these phenomenal, um, just like diverse, it's such a diverse, people are just taking it all these different ways, which is really exciting yeah. I mean I like I said before about the empathy field um, I had done fundraising for quite a few years and my first VR experience ever it was in Austin Texas they have a shop called Tom's which means if you buy um, if Tom's you buy, shoes yeah Tom's shoes so if you buy a pair of Tom's they yeah. will give a pair of shoes to a child in need and I was in the shop and I put on the headset and I just remember bawling my eyes out and I was crying and I was watching this kid get his first pair of shoes wow. and it was such an emotional experience and you know you take off the headset and remember that you're standing in a shopping center and you're like yeah. okay this is embarrassing but anyway now you have to buy it yeah exactly <laughs> I, I did I did buy this stuff yeah. <laughs> but um, for me what was just so incredible is you lose yourself and I did believe that I would I think it was in Peru the film was shot um, but I believed that I was in the mountains and I was at this kid's school and I was at this kid's house and it enables you to have a level of understanding that you would absolutely not be able to have unless somebody 
took you took you to their house, took you to their school, took you, and, and walked you through that. And even in the sense of you know a documentary film, it's just different because you can be within it and you can have a solitary moment of reflection. You can look around and really take in this level of information um, like never before. It's yeah, it, I think in terms of. Um, uh, fund, say fundraising or for communicating, communicating an issue truly in depth with without taking someone there. Like this is this is how we're going to do it. It's really exciting. Way. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I've um, constantly been getting asked by schools and different teachers and um, design professionals is what headset is best for them. Right, and even myself, I went through this thing yeah. um, when we were working with schools, trying to understand what the best headsets are. What what are the best brands? You know, um, the cost comparison, the different specs. What's yeah. it good for? What's it not good for? Can you give us an understanding, firstly, about the main brands and things to actually look out for? Yeah, for sure. So, um, it's it's as as diverse as buying a car it's it's what 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 are you wanting it for what is what are your end users what is the applicate what are the games you want to play um yeah how how much are you willing to invest and so just as a very basic overview um i am talking what's best on the market right now so this is just at the end of 2018 at the moment i promise you in the next six months my opinion will be totally different and whatever it's growing but right now um the most accessible is the Oculus Oculus Go headset. Um, so that came out this year, um, and it has just changed the game because it, it I think it's about three hundred dollars, yes. which makes it an accessible. It's a commercial product. It's accessible, and you're able to you know take it around. It's portable. It doesn't require you to attach it to a computer, which was a which was a really barrier. It was a barrier to entry um, for a while because. Um, say the higher end devices, so they were the Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive. Um, they're great, they're incredible, but you have to have a high functioning like computer or gaming engine to be able to run these headsets. And I actually, um, Oculus, when I worked for Oculus, I was gifted an Oculus Rift, which is awesome and I loved it, but I had to take it to my boyfriend's house to use his gaming computer to there even be able to use this headset yeah. um, because it wouldn't work on my Mac. And so... Um, so if we break that down, yeah. like how much how much is a, an Oculus Rift? That's a good question. I Just approximate? It used to be $1,000, but I think they dramatically reduced it. I read, I swear I saw an email the other day saying that they... Five, six hundred dollars from memory? I, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, they've really dropped it to, yeah, I think it is about $600 because yeah. I think Oculus have gone for the goal of trying to be the, com, the commercial kind of, like, they, they want people to get involved. And yeah. that was, that's been, I think, for a lot of these tech companies, like, how can we get the general population start experimenting with yep. this tech. Like how can we get them intrigued? Um, the Vive on the other hand is is awesome. It's really brilliant for interactive experiences. So if you want any sort of like gameplay experience. Um, so that's HTC. Yeah, so HTC, yep. they they made the Vive and um, yeah, personally I really enjoy it for um, interactive uh, experiences. The Rift, again, is really great for interactive experiences. Uh, they just have different um, like different games that are only available on each of them because they are competitive companies and so um yeah it just depends what uh, what apps are you interested in it'd be like deciding between buying an iphone or buying a samsung phone and you know you want you want to look at okay well what am i what am i looking for at the end um yeah 
But yeah, there's, there's, and then there's a whole heap of other ones. The so Samsung Gear 360 headset that was um, popular back in 2016 when I was doing the festival rounds. Um, I believe they were one of the first ones on the market. Yeah, yeah. So what they did, what they did, cool. Um, it's only been three years, but honestly, these are leaps and bounds in the difference of you know how people are engaging with this tech. So in 2016. Um, they released, uh, like, so you could use your phone as the screen and then you would put your phone into the headset. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really good. The, the issue was I always had a broken screen, <laughs> a cracked screen. So <laughs> it just, you know, never worked for me. But, um, no, it was, it was really great that they started being like, how can we make this portable? How can we make it accessible? Yeah. And for the past, again, two years, yeah, two, three years, they have been, I would say, one of the leaders in, being a portable, accessible device. And a lot of people invested in that, which was great because that was the leader at the time. Now, Oculus Go has solved that. It's a third of the price. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and it's just more of a... It's just easier. And I think that's what everyone's trying to go towards is how can my product be as easy as possible, as user-friendly as possible? Um, And the Go has done a really nice job of that. But... The Go is more suitable to say 360 video experiences or um, low interaction experiences. Um, whereas if you wanted any sort of uh, like variable interaction impact, so say if I wanted to play a shooter game or I wanted to play some sort of like interactive game, I, that would be for either the Rift or the Vive would be more suitable. Because the computer or the high spec machine that yeah. you have to be connected to that. That's going to be an investment of at least a couple of grand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a lot of grand, yeah. So um, the, the the university I work for, um, we were using like Alienware laptops, and I'm pretty sure they're about five grand. And there you go. Yeah, yeah. so they they are pricey. Um, if, the, you know, if your school already has them or if your university already has a high-end engine, like you can you get some high-spec PCs, like they're fine. Um, it's just... Yeah, understanding what technology does your school already have? What's possible? Like, what um, are these specs high enough to run a game, like run the Vive or the um, the Rift? And if they are, then awesome. Like, what are we trying to get our kids to experience? What is is? Do we want this high level interaction, more like gameplay experience? These apps, do or do we want more of a um, say educational uh, video or just low low scale interaction experience, which is significantly cheaper. Like, what is your end goal? Yeah, so. I think that's a challenge that a lot of schools are going through. Just because one, they have to invest a lot of time in tra- uh, time yeah. into training and yeah. understanding this technology. At the same time, investing time to actually buy the right one, considering yeah. there's a lot more out there. And like you said, you know, a year's time, it might be completely obsolete because there's a completely better one out there at the moment. So. One of the things that we've been encouraging schools with is using their existing PCs or um, Macs and uh, whether they're, especially in the design uh, faculties, using SketchUp and Revit and existing CAD software and then purchasing the Go because it's again a couple of hundred dollar investment so they can then have that low level interactivity and then and they can um, view things and immerse their students and they can look around and design things. I think it's a little bit different and I think it's a uh, it might not be the best time for schools to invest in a Rift so they can actually design in VR because I feel like that's a bit more of a long learning curve. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's actually um, good advice for them? Yes and no. So 
I think number one, if you haven't tried VR, go get go get a go. Yeah. <laughs> Play around in it. See what see if this is something that you really want to get involved with. Um, if it is awesome, then hell yes. Let's go into the rip. Let's go into the vibe. Let's see what's most suitable for you. Um, once so. In terms of the actual applications that you would be getting your students to interact with, they're, they're designed to be easy. They're a game. Um, and so I think it's, it is okay to be investing in, say, a vibe and playing around with it. Um, what's coming to the top of my head is there's, um, oh my gosh, what's it called? It's on the vibe and you paint in 3D space. I've never actually it's used it. It's a tilt the brush. There we go. Tilt brush. Okay. So tilt brush is one of my favorite interactive experiences. Um, I'm pretty sure it is only uh, specific for the vibe right now, but yeah. they are maybe off this board, I'm not sure. Um, and so you can physically, just, you paint, you paint in 3D space. It's like building a sculpture, but it's all it's around you. you. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, so it's like if you picked up a paint, I remember when those 3D printing pencils came out and you could like draw 3D yeah, uh, technology is exciting. There's yeah. so much exciting <laughs> stuff going on, um, and yeah, so this it was a really cool experience to be able to um, say prototype instantly and to be able to build and interact with something that you've literally just created in front of you. Change it, switch it up, turn it upside down, play this, and, and you know, and be able to experience it and walk through that. It's really cool, um, and I think it's only going to get. Uh, easier. I think it's only going to get cheaper. Um, so it's really exciting to see like that now the amount of developers who are keen on exploring this space are just growing, which means better products for us. <laughs> yeah. Something I've observed um, even recently actually at the, at the conference that yeah. we were there with, um, we had a father-son uh, put on the headset for the first time at the, yeah. you know, at the same time. And it was actually really interesting to see that generational gap with this new technology. We were both helping them the same way, <laughs> but the kid actually stopped. He, I think he was 11 yeah. from memory. Um, and he just stopped um, wanting in, in interactions, uh, instructions from us because he knew what, what to do. And he was actually interacting with his own VR headset and telling his dad what to do. Yeah. And the dad was just confused after a couple of minutes he took <laughs> it off because it was too much for him. So this is obviously something that schools have to deal with a lot because at the end of the day, our teachers are you know anywhere between that 25 to all the way up to 65 sometimes. So what? How do how do you how would they even approach this? Do you think you know working with students that are yeah. going to pick it up in a second or two? Um. So. Disclosure, both of my parents are teachers and I still have to teach my mom how to write quick in Word. So wow. I understand, <laughs> I understand the struggle. Um, yeah, so I think it, it, it's something that teachers should support. I mean, tech, technology, like the, the generation of kids who are coming through, they are technology babies. They are just, they can pick any, they, even without understanding it, they just pick it up and they'll figure it out. And yeah. that's, um, and that's thanks to design, as, a, as designers who are building these products. That's yeah. how we design it. We're like, we just want somebody to pick it up and figure it out themselves. Nobody's going to – people don't read instruction manuals anymore. Yeah. Well, we don't. I don't. <laughs> Ikea level and even that yes, we don't Ikea read it. Yes, <laughs> And so um, the way experiences are designed, it is somebody needs to be able to pick up that telephone. They need to be able to pick up their VR headset. They need to pick up a, a handset and instantly within – two minutes of fiddling around a quick experiment have figured out how to, how to use it and say, I don't know, 10 minutes into it, oh, I've learned this other little thing. But it, it's it, user-friendly um, usability design. Like that is what 
we're in this is the space we're going towards and so I just want to truly stress like it's you should, there's no need to be scared my mum is scared of technology and it's it's not needed it's not warranted like um kids are embracing it and because they aren't afraid to press the wrong button or you know do press the wrong thing it doesn't matter you go back to the main menu it's fine yeah um and so yeah just having that mindset and i think just being like genuine and honest with with the kids you're teaching be like look we got this cool tech like who can figure it out first yeah race me beat me yeah um because then they're empowered and they're excited that they are the leaders in this technology because they're gonna be and they are like they gonna be creating even cooler things that we couldn't even conceive really so um yeah no i would say just get get the technology and play with it that's that's how they're meant to be designed is just to play and you'll figure it out along the way yeah you don't need an instruction manual anymore just figure it out have a play (laughs) i think that's one of the scariest things for teachers because they're they're supposed to know everything it's the person teaching us everything whereas like something we've been stressing with um, schools is there's a difference between teaching and facilitation. Yes. If you actually facilitate them to use the products themselves, you actually don't need to know yeah. everything or even you might need to know 5-10% ahead of the students, maybe. Yeah. But even then, it's not a problem. It's actually, like you said, admitting that they don't know and, and then race, race me. Yeah. That, that's brilliant. But I mean, like we, I, I work in the field and I'm still learning things. Yeah, yeah, every time yeah. you pick it up, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Um, yeah. And plus you get these updates constantly and you'll pick up your phone or you pick up a device and like oh There's new it features. does this now okay yep. great um and just embracing that and um being just really like honest and um having an open communication with your students of just being like okay so this is where we're at let's see what we can do um because i guarantee you they will come up with the most creative things i was teaching um vr workshops at the state library and i think our youngest kids are around eight years old wow and they're doing stuff that i never would have thought of and you sit there and you're like it's that that creativity that sense of adventure that sense of play that creates amazing outcomes like we had a, a kid create a vr experience of what it would be like to be a worm and wow. it was out on the floor and like wow <laughs> you get to experience life as a worm <laughs> yeah that's that's exactly right like um recently we were at this school um granted it was a private school and yeah. and they they they're lucky enough to have amazing uh, tech and amazing facilities for from year eight onwards and uh after our workshop, he was so excited to share his little project. And he was, this was a year 10 shoot. Um, he, he's been working on it during lunchtime, so he hasn't been playing outside. He's been doing this project just because how cool it is. Yeah. And he had modeled the entire school in Minecraft. And he wanted me to put the headset on. And obviously, I've, this is the first time I've been to the school. I didn't recognize yeah. his faces. And he's asking me, going, can you, can you recognize this? Can you go to the courtyard? Do you see what, do you see what's there? <laughs> And I'm like, is this your school? He's like, yeah, but I just built the whole thing. I'm like, wow. And he's like, walk around. You can like change the buildings or like, you know, shoot people or like, you know, <laughs> go move the column if you want. Do whatever you want. He's like, I can just reset it later. And this was a year 10 shoot and he was just, it's, and a passion project. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's our kid's new version of Lego. It's Lego bricks. Exactly. Except now it's virtual. <laughs> and that's the only difference is it's still the same thinking. It's still the same experimentation and play and exploring. Um, except instead of, you know, picking up a physical building brick, you can do it in a VR and click instantly. You've got a brand new, you know, environment. You've got this, you've got that. Um, yeah, so it's, it's cool because it, 
it still has that sense of um, excitement that I said, like video games that you know people enjoy because it's fun. Because you're in the game. You're, you're in it. You're in it. You're invested, and you have a level of immersion. Um, whether that's sitting back and you know playing with controller, or whether that's actually being within the environment. Um, yeah, and the, like people who really love it just spend my my boyfriend spends four hours in a spaceship <laughs> and I'm like how are you spending four hours in a spaceship but it's because you know it's being able to be in a, like when, when are you going to go on a spaceship you know yeah. <laughs> you have the opportunity to do it why not chuck on a headset and go into that land that's exactly yeah. right and something that I've um, I recently learned there was this case study in the US where uh, they were using VR technology for mathematics. Cool, yeah. And they found that the students who, it was a voluntary thing, and obviously there was about 20, 30 students because it's cool, and they found that the students who interacted with the mathematical formulas in VR, so they're literally drawing the curves or the graphs um, in virtual reality, they actually picked up and understood the formulas, I think within two days, the same students hadn't understood the formulas for a couple of years before then. So that 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 to me was just amazing because that they're so far ahead being able to pick up things just like that. It's a way of um, visual, visualizing and um, having an experiential learning experience. And so um, you know, obviously, all students learn differently. Yeah. This allows people to have whether that's yeah, experiential, so they have been in that environment and understood it in a way that they could actually engage with. Like yeah. trying to understand, say, numbers on a page like you were talking about um, can be really tough because you'll, you're looking at these numbers on a page, but no, it, there isn't that next level of understanding because there isn't the ability to play, play with it and hold on to it and test it and push it. You're shocking a headset, and like you said, you can be within that that equation and interact with it and see how those variables do change and have um, just a different way of thinking, a different way of experiencing, and then having a some positive reaction um, is really cool. And I think, especially for trialing topics, like it is really cool to look at innovative approaches and how you know you can look at it in a different light or just pursue something in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that statement of uh, be with the equation. I feel like that's where a lot of teachers struggle because yeah. that had no meaning before VR existed. So teachers are, I think, struggling with understanding that. And, and I feel like there's no way to actually communicate that properly without a teacher putting on a headset and experiencing it themselves. So um, that that's incredible to learn about those things. So one of the things that come with VR is obviously the other side of the coin with um, different health uh, risks, I would say, and um, restrictions and age barriers and things like that. So firstly, what's, like I've seen different um, uh, age recommendations for using different headsets. What are your thoughts on that? What are the what are the recommendations that come from Oculus or, or you know, your knowledge? Um, I think, it, yeah, like you said, each company has different um, numbers. It's mainly because they don't want to get in trouble, of course, yeah. <laughs> and it's because there it, there hasn't been enough time 
to test the technology to really um, see if there is the implications that they're talking about. So, um, for because right now we have no idea about the long term effects. Yeah, and so there's they talk about um, like a general like amount of time that you should be within the experience, or like uh, for a developing brain, for example, um, with young young much younger kids. Um, because there is the potential fear. It's a fear of the unknown, pretty much. But there, there's the fear of will it change how they then perceive reality? reality. And because it is, it, 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 when you're fully immersed, it can be quite. When you, when you take your headset off, you've got it. You need a moment to remember. Yeah. Okay, which one was the real one again? <laughs> um, it's like the whole matrix, or like it's it's a thing. Um. So. Yeah, there's, it is just one of those things that I think over time we'll be having more um, uh, research around. But you've also got to consider, like, this is being used as a health tool. Like, people are having amazing success. Say, for vertigo, for example, yeah. um, somebody can go stand on a pretend building and, you know, get over that fear of heights um, just through counseling. People who have fears of spiders, they have, like, AR games now. But you AR a spider onto your wow. Yeah, it looks horrible. I don't want to do it. But <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, people are being able to process their um, their mental health issues or um, fears or whatever else like through this technology but I think it's a matter of um, just time and seeing how things go they've done some really cool stuff with um, so people who have wear glasses so mm-hmm. if you have different things um, a lot of these headsets have now like the Go for example have developed that you can have you can wear glasses in VR which was a struggle for a while because it was more the headsets were uncomfortable if you wore glasses um, whereas now they've you know conquered that so it's just like they're, they're growing um, and trying to solve these issues I suppose the most common um, thing I hear is like oh it may be a bit nauseous and so it just depends if you're a person who is susceptible to um, say motion sickness or something like that but again that comes down to say me as a filmmaker or somebody else as a designer on how you can make that experience not nauseating yeah. top girl so like not moving the camera and um you, when i create films the whole time you're thinking the camera is a person and so you have to be thinking is that comfortable for me like is that comfortable perspective like what height are they at is that gonna they'll feel juvenile or they'll feel um younger if they're at that height or if we put them higher if we put them in the middle of the room versus in the corner of a room um and so you as a creator decide how somebody is going it how somebody feels and experiences that um yeah immersion um so it's a uh, yeah growing space but it's pretty exciting and i would just say like um maybe just keep it to 20 minutes in the game or 20 minutes in a headset at a time just to see how you go um my partner doesn't take that advice though so you know <laughs> good luck good luck so if, if kids are really getting into it um i don't think like there, there isn't there isn't data saying it's bad, but there isn't data saying that it's good. And so that's why just because these giant tech companies don't want to get in strife. So they just, you know, they just have to give warnings. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a matter of just being aware of the potential risks yes. and being able to not going one 200% and yeah. kind of moderating it a little bit. Yeah. Um, are there any rules of thumbs on the age, uh, like a recommended age limit or anything like that? Cause I've seen that below 13, um, people, um, students shouldn't use it and yeah, over 65 you should be aware of that's just what I've heard it depends like I, I um, yeah I've read a lot of different ages it, 
Maybe as a, as a rule of thumb, maybe 13, maybe 10. Um, I think again, it just comes back to as well, like content. Like if you're going to put a kid into say a refugee camp to understand what it's like emotionally, like that's a lot to take on. Like it's so it's also considering content. It's considering, um, there, there has been a little bit of study. I don't know it extensively enough, but, um, regarding, when you have a VR experience, so when you put on a headset and you say watch a 360 film where, yeah, you're, you're in a refugee camp, for example, um, your brain isn't sure if you experienced it or if you saw it. And so it, so there's a thing with your memory of where it sits in your memory. So because they are such impactful experiences, then your brain is t- tossing up between, okay, it was something I watched or it was something that I did. And that was where they were studying because there was a bit of a blur between mm. the brain wasn't sure where to, where to put that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, for me as a creative, I think that's incredible. I'm like, wow, look what we can do. We can really create these experiences that change, have the ability to change somebody's empathetic reaction to something um, because they've experienced it. But then on the other side, it is like, okay, well, we if something is, you know, tricking your mind, we got to be careful with that <laughs> and have to know where to put it. But um, a lot of these studies were like proprietary. I'm talking about 2016 was when I was kind of heavy into it. And so, um, yeah, I think since then there's been much more investigation and just a matter of, um, yeah, exploring that and seeing what works. Yeah. And I think it also comes down to individual health yeah. uh, conditions yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. that. So obviously if you have a history of motion sickness or yes. car sickness that you, second you get on a boat, you need to grow <laughs> up, um, maybe be aware of those things yeah. and, and work with someone. And, um, I think it's a matter of being mindful of those things. Yeah. But um, that's that's incredible. So, what about um, how you see VR and all these new technologies changing education in the in the future? So, I recently watched um, Ready Player One, <laughs> and I feel like all teachers should watch that movie to understand where things could potentially head. Because I have a feeling that that movie is actually very much aligned with where the world can potentially head in a very realistic way. Uh, what Have you seen that movie as well? I haven't seen it. I've, heard, I've seen a lot of trailers and snippets of it, but I agree in the sense that, like, genuinely the possibilities are endless when it comes to tech. Like, things that we laughed about, holograms yeah. and yeah. whatever else, they, they're they here. Like, they are here it actively being, you know, spread out. It's just um, about... Like, say, maybe to the general public, they can't see them yet. But if you're in the design industry or if you're in tech, like, yeah. they're, they're, they're here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I would just say, like, the possibilities really are endless. And um, we've got so much experimentation going on at the moment. And experimentation is my favorite thing because you get happy accidents. You find out what these technologies that weren't meant to do that and they are doing this and they can do that and um, how they're all talking together. Um, I think there's been really nice steps towards integrating um, extended realities in so many different ways. And um, yeah, I think that's just only going to continue forward. And once we start pushing, you know, those barriers and those limits, like, well, let's keep pushing yeah. <laughs> um, and go further with that. So um, I think the... Again, as I was saying, like in it's in design and tech, like we see it right now. But I think you're going to really get into public spaces and public design, and um, AR is already starting to be in the public domain in terms of um, 
like uh, wayfinding and landmarks and yep. interacting with physical spaces, physical environments. Um, and so, yeah, just where that line is going to be between the physical world, the virtual world, how we cross them all, and um, yeah, we will see. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely exciting times. I think there's that um, the Google Glasses is also yeah. another level of augmented reality, and obviously Pokemon Go. Yeah, uh, I think the yeah, biggest biggest crazy. grossing um, downloads in the history of the apps. <laughs> And all 100% based on AR, and um, yeah, it's, it's 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 crazy. In in Ready Player One, all these slums, people yeah. living in poverty, but they all had a VR headset, and they actually don't live in the real the real world yeah. as much, other than obviously to go eat or go to the bathroom yeah. or something like that. But they're all they've got this avatar that they've created, and they're living in the virtual reality world more or less 80-90% of the time and um, and how they interact because simply because you can do whatever the heck you want. Well that's it like we just mentioned I think it's funny is every single person in this world has a mobile device. I was um, doing some design innovation work uh, with the, was the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals Innovation Lab and we were looking at how we could solve these global issues, these these pressing issues and the thing was all these solutions people have phones <laughs> and that's in amazing like we are we are always having a phone on us no matter who you are no matter where you are um and so we are kind of living in that world of connected digital physical real <laughs> artificial like it's all so blended and i think it, it's you can't avoid it it's unavoidable now yeah. it's you're at a point where you can't just be like i don't want to get involved yeah. and for so long i remember when i was in high school myself and with the these interactive whiteboards came out and not none of my, i love my teachers but none of my teachers knew how to use their whiteboard like and they just wrote on it with a pen um but i think we're nearing the stage where you're gonna have to get involved like it's technology is one of those things that it just it it's running it's gonna keep running it's gonna go faster and faster and if you can't keep up you're gonna get left behind and it's yeah. a horrible thing to say but it is so true and it's um yeah it's really changed the way that people who don't have any uh, technology grounding um really struggle for um you know I've got family members who don't they they had to buy a laptop they didn't want one they didn't want to be part of it didn't want the internet and we went and had to set it up because you mm. can't function in our society anymore without a computer you just that's just the way that everything's been designed because yep. you know ease of use and large scale and there you know there's obviously so many pros but um yeah i just think with technology it's better to keep up with it keep up try and hang on just just we're all just trying to hang on and see where this goes um because trying to catch up late is it is hard and so by being able to prepare our students now while the technology is here while it's it gives them a chance to be able to compete in the world that is gonna happen whether you want it to or not it's just gonna progress and progress and progress and being able to equip students with 
basic understanding, basic, just, just, just access. Like a lot of these kids might have never done a VR experience before and therefore they don't have that access. Being able to bring a $300 headset into a classroom, everybody in the classroom tries it out. At least they know what is going on now and mm. they can decide whether it's something they want to pursue further and, you know, take into their careers. And, um, yeah, t- the cool thing about tech is like, it is so it applies to every industry so it doesn't matter if you know you've got a student who's super interested in farming or art or music or whatever it is but you apply technology to every single one of those industries and so being able to give them a technological grounding and just a basic understanding it really in in this ever-evolving world it does let them at least you know like be, be able to keep up and be the creators of the next wave of tech that's going to be coming definitely. when they finish yeah definitely that's um I, I noticed throughout the conversation we mentioned the words experimentation quite yeah. a bit we talked about collaboration quite a bit and how vi is a cornerstone when it comes to empathizing with an end user or someone else on the other side of the world and those are the three cornerstone values of design thinking <laughs> this is something we spoke about in the previous episode with natalie and um, and how this, again, design thinking aligned with this technology and this VI is actually going into every field and it's not just for design anymore, it's for every single person and every, any, any person really. So it's quite impactful. And at the same time, they're all aligning with 21st century learning skills because that's why I think it's important for students to be able to, like you said, just get that exposure yeah. so they can play with it, just understand what it's about and they and they can run away with it. And I know it's a bit daunting for teachers who are, let's say, above 40 maybe, even above 30, some of them. And um, But I've seen pockets of teachers where even though they're a couple of years from retirement, They've just gone full and full ahead and embraced this technology and they really want to learn and they actually have fun doing it because their work is not about then designing a lesson plan even though they're doing that. It's more playing with these new toys and technology and, and their jobs actually become more fun simply because of that mindset shift rather than thinking, oh, oh this is just another thing I have to learn and it's too much. They've embraced it and they're having fun with it. So I think that's, that's very important. Um, just being aware of time, do you have any last um, advice for our listeners? Somewhere they could, if they want to learn more about VR, VR, AR, and things like that, a starting point that they can take right after listening to this? Yeah, for sure. So the cheapest, absolute easiest thing that you can do, it's called, um, I like a Google Cardboard. You can Google right now, like I want to print off a VR headset. I think it's $60 or something. Well, you, you can get it for like $5. Like, oh, there you go. like literally a piece of paper that you fold around your phone so you block out the light. And um, yeah, put it, put, you can go to YouTube and if there's just Google YouTube 360 content um, and you'll be able to play it and move your camera around, interact with that space, and just get an understanding of what. It, what that what it opens up um i mean you go down to your local shopping center i'm sure there'll be somebody there with a headset trying to sell you one so um yeah go and check out the samsung booth or um, something like that it's it's a really great way to just try try out content um and yeah just explore i think play would be my biggest like advice with technology and pretty much everything like you want to have fun and your students want to have fun and when a student is engaged and they are they're enjoying their experience 
that is that is when real learning happens. That is when true life-changing learning happens. Um, and so that's kind of what um, I try to embrace. And we, yeah, are really pushing for having these fun experiences that are changing people's minds and changing the way that they see possibilities and just expanding what is possible because right now like pretty much anything's possible which is awesome um and it's only gonna grow wise words jesse i think (laughs) um i think that's what we have time for today seriously thank you so much for coming today and chatting with me I honestly learned a lot. Um, it clarified a lot of things for me, and I think the listeners will get a lot out of it as well. So thank you so much. Oh, brilliant. Of course. It was lovely speaking to you in the chat. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.